This is Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. And for this Thursday, March 30th, we are joined via the Zoom connection with Sarah Donkersloot. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Gary, and welcome to Wellspring, a live broadcast sponsored by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital, part of CoreWell Health. Colorectal cancer is one of the most preventable and curable types of cancers. This morning, I am delighted to have Dr. David Zink, a gastroenterologist from the Spectrum Health Medical Group. And as Gary said, he's joining us via Zoom from the hospital. He's going to discuss colorectal cancer prevention, screening, and treatment. Good morning, Dr. Zink. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, it is just a delight to have you here. And I know that you're at the hospital doing procedures. So thanks for taking time. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you receive your training? I'm from the Metro Detroit area, so did my training at Wayne State and then at Beaumont Hospital, which is now part of Corwell as well. Um, so, so I was going to say, tell us, a gastroenterologist, people may not know what that is. What types of procedures do you perform? So gastroenterology is, is, uh, is a doctor who focuses in on digestive health. So we cover the entire digestive tract and doing things like upper endoscopies, also called EGDs, as well as things like colonoscopy, which we're going to focus on here today. So, Dr. Zink, what do you enjoy about your work? I think mostly it's the preventative component, being able to find things before they turn into problems such as colon cancer. You know, um, I've had a colonoscopy um, from someone in your group, and I know there must be satisfaction after you've done a colonoscopy and you're talking with your um, patient afterwards and you can say, everything looks good. That's the message. I'm certain that gives you great satisfaction when you say, you can tell your, your patient that. Oh, you're absolutely right. And that's why we like to do preventative health care so we can avoid those more difficult conversations when we do find something. So March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. What is colorectal cancer? So colorectal cancer, otherwise known as uh, colon cancer, also known as rectal cancer, uh, is, col is cancer that uh, afflicts the uh, large intestine, which is the uh, bottom half of the uh, intestinal tract. And how prevalent is it? It's actually the third most common cancer um, diagnosed in men and women in the U.S. It's and, about... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. To get more exact specifics, about 1 in 23 men would mm. get it, and about 1 in 26 women, just to put it into perspective. So what are some of the risk factors for colorectal cancer? You know, I'll very commonly find uh, colon polyps, which is a precursor to colon cancer, in folks who are overweight, uh, who smoke, who have diabetes. Uh, diets high in red meat can, can trigger these polyps or precancers. Um, smoke, alcohol, older age, of course, uh, and then family history of colon cancer. So we're going to talk about screening today. Um, why is it so important to get tested 
for colorectal cancer? Colorectal cancer is unique is because it follows a progression from something that we call a polyp, which is like a precancer. I think of it as like a, a mole inside the intestinal tract, like a, uh, you know, the, the freckle on your skin we call moles that can then transform into something bigger. Uh, so in, in what we call the colorectal cancer the, or the colon cancer. So the best part about it is it is preventable and very few cancers are. Let so, me, you know, you, uh, Sarah, let me step in for a moment. I do have a question for Dr. David Zink. By the way, if you have a question, uh, give us a call, 616-395-1450, and I'll pass the question on to Dr. David Zink. Dr. Zink, you mentioned some of the factors, the risk factors. Uh, does genetics play a factor in this or not? Oh, for sure, yes. And it also, uh, we also use um, genetics and family history to to determine when uh, we should start screening. Now, when you start screening, is it sometimes is it based on age, or do you maybe if somebody gets some symptoms, what symptoms perhaps could be a, a, a flag that you need to be screened? Well, the important thing about colon cancer screening is that uh, by nature it, it is to prevent. So we want to catch things before symptoms start. And to answer the first question, we would start in general at about age 45, or if there's a family history, perhaps earlier. There's a lot of, you know, caveats regarding that that we won't get into today. But in general, 45 is that starting point. And uh, what we want to do is do it early so that we do not hit the symptoms that you're alluding to, such as bleeding, abdominal pain, change in bowel habits. Those are the things that we like to not have to look into you know, that could be a sign of uh, colon cancer. Let me follow up on one more thing, Sarah, then I'll throw the ball back to you. Uh, you said the screenings may be at 45. Um, I had one when I turned 50, and I had one, I think, a year or so ago, and I was told, come back in five years. The older you get, the more screenings you need? Yes, you know, it depends on what the doctor finds. Um, if it's if you start at age 45 and you have a normal colonoscopy, the follow-up would be a 10-year plan. Okay, if 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 something's found or if there's a family history, it might be a shorter shorter interval. So, Dr. Zink, we're talking about screenings, um, different types of screenings. I know we're going to talk about colonoscopy in detail in in just uh, a few minutes, but I, I want to ask a question about. Colgard. Um, you know, I, I've seen lots of um, advertisements on TV, and it's, I know it's gained immense popularity. What are your thoughts on its effectiveness? You're absolutely right. It has gained a lot of popularity, a lot of advertisement regarding it. Um, what Colgard does is it's, it's a way to assess the stool for um, pre- not only cancerous cells, but in some cases, cases precancerous cells. Um, and that is done every three years. So that's just with a stool test, okay? Um, what we like to do is prevent colon cancer because Cologuard is more of a finding it in many cases when, it, when it's already there. So the beauty of a colonoscopy is that we can prevent from progressing to the point where a colagard would catch it, you see. So to put it into perspective with some statistics, it fails to detect about 8% of cancers, okay? 
And it also fails to detect about 60% of large polyps. And those are the types of things that we like to find with the colonoscopies to take out, to prevent them from getting to that stage of colon cancer. Um, and, and this is one other point to bring up is that you could have false positives, meaning you have the test and there's really nothing going on in the colon. You know, you'll get a positive result. And there's actually nothing that we'll find in the colon after that. And that's in about 13% of cases. Now, if you're, if, if you're uncomfortable with the idea of a colonoscopy, and I think, uh, as you alluded to, we're going to get into this a little bit later, you know, what does it all involve? But a lot of people probably already realize that it, it's, you know, it's a, there's a process involved. And some people have some fears regarding that. And for those folks, you know, I'll say Cologuard is better than nothing. You know, you want to you prevent and catch things early. Do it if that's you know what's most comfortable for you. Okay, so let's let's talk about a colonoscopy. You mentioned forty-five, but if you if there's some risk factors um, earlier, um, you know a lot of people say, "Oh, I fear the prep." Um, um, so how does a person prepare for a colonoscopy? Right, you know, prep in general is very well tolerated. It's um, in many cases not the type of painful diarrhea that you're going to have if you have like the, the stomach flu or something. It, it's in many cases a, a cleanse without all the, the side effects. Now, yes, there could be some nausea. Um, some people can't tolerate some of the salty fluids that are used. And yes, there could be some cramping. But in general, it's very well tolerated. And people say once they've done it that it's, it's not as bad as they thought it was going to be. So, you know, you're doing that prep, and like I said, I've had a colonoscopy, and you're, um, I guess I felt like, boy, I really need to do it as effectively as possible. I need to do what I need to do, because when I go in and they're looking at my colon, they really want to be able to see, you know, all the way that is needed. Um, a question, though, if you're taking that prep, can you take medications? Is it okay? Because I know sometimes, you know, when you're having surgery, um, you know, some medications have to be, be stopped. Can you take medications when you're, you're prepping for a colonoscopy? Okay, in most cases, medications are taken. Um, some will need to be stopped, and that is taken on a case-by-case -case basis. And just for example, blood thinners is, are usually stopped. Uh, and there are some blood pressure medicines that would be stopped, but in most cases, uh, the medications are continued, and we give instructions regarding that. It's well spelled out for you. Um, is there anything that people can do to make the procedure a little er easier in terms of the cleansing? Yeah, like you said, you really want a, a good a good cleanse so that we can examine the entire lining of the bowel. Um, and some of these preps can be uh, unpalatable because they're salty. So some some of the tips are to to use uh, like a to to chill the the prep to keep it cold, to use a straw, and to keep like lemon slices handy that you can suck on. We do have a pill prep now though that gets beyond that salty taste. You can take a pill and then you take some water, then you take another pill and take some water, and that gets you through the prep without having to taste the, the prep. So let's talk a, a little bit about the actual procedure. How long does a colonoscopy take? So. The, the colonoscopy procedure itself probably takes, on average, about a half hour, depends on what we see. You're going to be at the hospital about two hours because there's a, um, 
uh, you know, intake process, and then where we get, you know, your history and you have an ID so that you can receive the sedative for the procedure. And then there's going to be a short recovery period after. So in total, about two hours at the hospital. And talk a little bit about the sedation. The sedation's great now. Um, we predominantly use something called propofol. So that provides a very nice um, a gentle sedation where most patients don't remember the procedure at all and wake up quite refreshed, actually. It's not like even up to about 10, 15 years ago where we used a different type of sedation, which left people kind of with a hungover type feeling. And how long will the effects of that prep and the colonoscopy, when will it wear off? The effects of the sedation uh, will wear off quickly by, you know, the even by the time you get home, you may not even know that you've been sedated. And then the, you know, the, the prep, uh, you know, starts wearing off um, by the time you get here to perform the colonoscopy. So you're not going to be going home and having a lot of diarrhea or anything. So what if you find a problem? So if we find a polyp, in most cases, we are removing it and um, we're sending it for, to the pathologist to, re, to review. If the polyp is very large, sometimes they need a surgical or special techniques for removal, but that's uncommon. Most of the time, we're just removing them during the procedure. Dr. Zink, we have a couple minutes left. Are there ways to reduce your risk for colorectal cancer? So the biggest things that I recommend are get screened on time. So 45 minutes, uh, excuse me, uh, age 45 um, for most people. Talk to your doctor for other scenarios if there's family history. Not smoking, keeping blood sugar well controlled, and trying to keep weight uh, under control. And Dr. Zink, we have about 30 seconds left. Do people need to have a referral to schedule a colonoscopy? Uh, they don't need a referral. They can call 616-494-5810, uh, option two. In most cases, patients will have a referral, but you can call and we can work through that without a referral. And thank you, uh, Dr. Zink, and I think you probably are off to do another procedure. So again, we appreciate your willingness to be here. Until next week, Spectrum Health, Zealand Community Hospital, part of Core Well Health, wishes you well. Thanks for listening to Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health, Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.